Justin, do you know Dots Pretzels? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Pretzel technology has come a long way uh, in over the past few years. Like I don't know. Like I'm a, I'm a I'm not really a snacker. Really, uh, I, I like to just like eat a meal and then I go about my life and then like okay, it's six o'clock, time for dinner. You, are, you know, you're one of the lucky ones. Uh, but Dots Pretzels has I've like checked out of the snack food game. And now I'm back in in a major way with Dots pretzels. Um, there are two types of people who are listening to this right now. The first type of person is someone who's like, I don't know what Dots pretzels is. And I'm going to implore you, go out and buy some. It's going to change your life. And then the other type of person is listening to this and being like, yeah, Dots pretzels. So they followed me on Instagram. Oh. Justin, I'm going to get I'm I'm OK. It is 5 p.m. on the dot. August 1st, 2022. Okay. By the end of 2022, I promise you, I am going to get us at least one episode sponsored by Dots Pretzels. That will be fantastic. (laughs) So I've been, so, um, I, for the past two or three months, have been commenting under every single one of their posts about how Dots Pretzels saved my girlfriend Elena's life. Um, Is this true? No, but I've been doing it <laughs> every single post and um, they would always like 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 give them like little favorite hearts. You know yeah, what I'm talking about yeah. in like Instagram comments, uh, but like never like respond and never like said, like, can you clarify what you mean by that? Um, and so they randomly yeah, this morning just followed me on Instagram. I was like, oh, it's happening. Uh, so I'm going to play it cool for now. But um See, I thought Hitbox I thought they just cross dot pretzels. I just thought they liked your video game content. I didn't realize it was because of your persistence. I am basically inactive on Instagram. Like I don't post on Instagram ever, uh, other than I comment on every single dot pretzels post about this. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Um, so I went ahead. I gave him a follow on Twitter, where it's like, "Hey, I'm a real person, yeah, actually." Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like let's see. Uh, no follow back yet. They only follow ninety three people. But like I could be on there easy, easy. You could be on there. Hitbox the podcast at Hitbox Pod on Twitter. Always be plugged. Always could be followed. Yes. Um. um but it, yeah. Do they have more of a following on Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Because uh, I mean they've got like a whole like living the dots life sort of thing and like um, they're like constantly posting memes and like whatever. Dots pretzels is really a lifestyle choice. For me, it's a lifestyle brand. I mean, like every single thing except for their honey mustard pretzels are just banging. Oh, wait a second. You don't like their honey mustard pretzels? It, 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 let me say this. It's a me thing. It's not a them thing. Oh, okay. I think I think I don't love honey mustard. Um, I bought a bag with Elena and we were like, oh, we haven't tried this. We haven't tried this flavor. Like, let's let's go in. And we both sort of like had a few. And we're like, hmm. <laughs> and like. This is like, you know, the the product sells. They're pretty expensive. A bag uh, of them. Y- yeah. I mean, yeah, like, they, they are... like the size bag for the cost. It, it's more than a bag of ruffles. And the problem is for how long they last. Because you just <laughs> can't stop doing them. I, I, am prefer, uh, I prefer the uh, the Southwest uh, season one. They come in the blue bag. Um, but also, <clears throat> they're... Um, like the plain ones are just like freaking fantastic. But they're not. They're also, not plain though. They're they're the original. They've got some sort of that's season, thing. right? Yeah, they're yeah, original they're like, season. So it, that's the, that's the thing. Like when I first had them, I'm like, these are not just original pretzels. Out of this world. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and then uh, uh, they I don't know if you tried them. Um, they've got like their take on like Cheetos. They're like cheese baked curls. Have you no had them? You're laughing. Wait, no. no, the name is just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I, that is definitely not oh, the okay. official name. Uh, let me look. Uh, dots, pretzels, cheese curls. Um, yeah, okay, they're just like baked cheese curls. They're they're also really good. Um, and then I haven't tried the 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 pork rinds, the chicharrones, as we would have said in Spanish class when I was oh. in seventh grade. Um, but I have to imagine they're great. I mean, I love a good pork rind. So like dots, dots, get at us. When are we going to stop? Do, when are we going to stop meeting here like this, doing this thing? You know, why? When are we going to just like address it? And when are you going to sponsor an episode of Hitbox so that we can just talk about how much we love your, your pretzels? Oh, I, you, they followed me. I saw what that meant. Have you like created the story of how dots pretzels saved your girlfriend? Yeah, so we did, and then um, we remembered that we live in the United States of America, right. where gun violence uh, is maybe less funny than it is when you propose we were walking out of a grocery store, a, a rogue gunman went to shoot Elena, and a bag of Dots pretzels deflected the bullet. Again, it was funny when we were like coming up with the story, and then like we were, I was thinking like, oh, I should like comment that, like I should like br- we're, like weave that into the comments somehow, and then I realized like. Mm, actually <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah you know what i mean yeah because marketing so we're wise, gonna come up with something you else. don't want to eat a pretzel that can stop a bullet like that's probably not a good marketing technique either i would say that the bullet saw that it was going to destroy some dots pretzels and, like, and the nope. bullet was like i can't be a part of that um like i've done some horrific evil things but you know what I'm going to stop there. Uh, yeah, so we're going to have to come up with a new story as to how she was saved. Maybe she was choking on something and then saw that I was eating Dots pretzels and then like her windpipe cleared yeah. so that she was like, oh, I just need some Dots pretzels. Like, I recognize like I can't die if I don't eat these Dots pretzels yeah, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, something a little bit less um, heavily loaded with context and background. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, I, I, that's the call. The call is we will be that's before the year is out doing a sponsored dots pretzels episode i promise you dear listener it's hitbox going on everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 103 hitbox is a podcast full of realist gaming news justin and i check our hype at the door whenever we start recording i watch him take it off he and i wear hype like backpacks it's on it's off right now it's off well my name yeah my, my door is currently open so my dog just walked in so his name is not hype no, but he could be carrying his own. I've seen how he gets for little little snacks, little treats, and I've seen how anxious he gets when there's people in your house. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, my name is Peter Hunt Spitek, and joining me as always is my wonderful friend, pretzel lover, Justin Makovich. How are you, man? I am great. This has been a really great weekend for me because I got to do one of my favorite things this weekend. Tell me. Play Xenoblade Chronicles. <laughs> 
Mm. <laughs> it's out. Interesting. Well, we will be talking all things Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and 2 if you stick around. But before we do, uh, let's just take a quick preview at what we're going to be talking about on the news for this week. Um, some of our biggest headlines are that Knights of the Old Republic remake has seen an indefinite delay and potential cancellation. Sony thinks that Xbox Call of Duty ownership could be a major problem for console sales. And Rockstar is cleaning up its act. We'll talk about all that and more. But before we do, Justin, want to join me in the Metacritic Roundup? Let's do it. Metacritic Roundup. Before we get into the Metacritic Roundup in full, I would just like to remind you, dear listener, that you can join us on Discord. The official Hitbox Discord server is linked in the description of this episode. And if you want to support us on Patreon, just like Jay Knoll and Dave Parker did as our deluxe podcast producers, you can go ahead and find us on patreon.com slash hitboxpod. We'll talk about that a little bit more towards the end of the episode. Uh, for now, let's talk about Metacritic Roundup. Justin, what do we got here? Uh, three, four things here? Yeah, we, we got a couple of, couple of big things that came out this week. Uh, first of all, Multiverses has its official release. Um is it officially released or is this the beta? It's it's a free to play game. It it's officially released. The beta's the done with. They have the this is the actual version. Okay. Um and it looks like it's doing pretty well. It's got a score of 80 Ooh. at the current time of recording. We've got four reviews um that have given it scores from critics. This is on the PS5. Are there any for Yeah. Uh, we got two on the Xbox Series X. Uh, which also has an 80, but it's unscored because it's just two reviews. Um, and then, let's see, on PC? Yeah, on PC we've got, um, there should be, I think, a 75 with three reviews here. Um, you've played this, yeah? Yeah, I, I, I think this is, uh, this is a good good one of those games. Um, a lot of people uh, talk about how it's a little bit feature light in terms of like the courses and like the items and stuff that you get. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's big focus is just on the combat and specifically the wrinkle about it is it's like a two V two combat system. Um, and we talked about how each character has a different class, um, and different classes work well with each other. So that's kind of where the competitive scene is like leaning towards and where at least the game is putting a lot of its interest and energy in. Um, and I think for those people who are playing it more casually, uh, there's not as many extra modes and bells and whistles as, you know, a smash brothers does have. So, uh, but the mechanics themselves are some of the, the, the best and most fun. I think it's similar enough to smash, but different enough to make it on its own specifically with how maneuverable you are. Uh, like you can't grab on ledges. You just kind of like climb like jump up walls uh you have like two dashes that you can do midair certain characters have different power-ups that you can unlock that give it extra um that give you extra dashes so you have like three midair dashes and things like that so there's just a lot of like maneuverability in this game um and it feels fast but it also feels good okay Uh, i've seen a lot of people um just anecdotally talking about it, especially people who I follow uh, who are like into smash and stuff who have sort of been hopping over here. It seems that it, I mean like it's obviously not been out for that long, but it had that preview that you did. Was was that also a beta or was that an Uh, alpha? I think that was the alpha. Then the beta came out like right before the launch. I guess it was more of like a stress test beta than it actually being like, we're going to change the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, well, uh, 
I've seen more people talking about this like longer than people were talking about the um, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. Yeah, is that what it's called. Yeah, um, and and so I'll be interested to see like what sort of life this has. But I think like something that this shares with Smash that maybe Nickelodeon All Star Brawl didn't have is that like yes, those Nick characters are popular, but they're not from like maybe current IPs mm. yeah. that people care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Like truly, how many people continue like actually to this day care about like Cat Dog or Invader Zim? Whoa, you know whoa, what I mean? Like, whoa, whoa, okay. Listen, okay. I was a, I was a fan of Invader Zim just like every other emo kid. Wow. When I was in eighth grade, um, you know, I, I, I was mean, the chicken. You don't say up in the middle of the night just wondering how Cat Dog goes to the bathroom. That's not like something that just sticks with you. Justin through both of their mouths. But what if they just interchangeably? At the same time. Ooh. Yeah, you don't want to be around when it happens. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I was the turkey the whole time, you know? Or it was the chicken. I don't know. It was from Invader Zim. What I'm trying to say is, like, while people do like those, like, franchises, I think the the fact that Multiverses and Smash, like, when when new characters were announced, it was, like, always from, like, hot, like the hottest games, like, the hottest series, you know? Like, while you some people could argue, like, well, Game of Thrones and, like, whatever isn't, like, super hot at this exact moment in time. It's still, like, yeah, but, like, there is some novelty to see the people from Game of Thrones fighting, I don't know, LeBron James, <laughs> you know? Um, or, like, Taz the Tasmanian Devil. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's oh, just, yeah, like, yeah. the the spread of characters is a little bit closer to that of smash as opposed to nickelodeon all-star brawl which was just a little bit more like hey you remember these games right uh, and the fact that they have voice acting is like also huge yeah i think the systems also make the game more playable than um uh all-stars brawl and you know just for comparison purposes that game is a, sitting at a 67 on metacritic um okay. so like Obviously, the game itself isn't as good, but like multiverses, it just gives you more of a reason to play. And from what I've been, I was worried about the free to play model, about being like predatory with like it being like, you know, pay to win. But it seems yeah. like you can just play a couple hours to unlock a new character. Um, it's nothing that's like overly difficult to unlock new characters. And you can do most of that stuff for free if you want um, by just playing the game. And I think that's just enough of a drip feed because when you get like so many characters on this on a roster, and if they're all not to begin with, you kind of don't have incentive to play as all the characters. You find your favorite and then you're stuck with it. This one, you actually are supposed to like, you know, spend time with a character till you can unlock another one or afford to unlock another one. So they also have like each character has um, levels that they can upgrade. And then you have different like choices for what power ups that you can uh, have uh, for each character. So there's just like a lot of reason to keep playing from game to game, from match to match, other than it just sure. being like, I'm getting better at the fighting and the pushing the buttons. It's, I'm getting better by getting more power-ups. I'm getting better by finding which, uh, you know, like, combos I like. There's, like, just a lot more to do with it. So I think it hits on all the right things, and I do think going free-to-play is the smart choice for this game, assuming they never go too crazy with, you know, charging an arm and a leg for it. No, that makes sense. Um, is there, like, a battle pass? Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, there is, a, no. there is a battle pass, yeah. 
Is that like you're not unlocking characters though, are you? Or uh, it's mostly uh, the battle pass. I think is only skins. I'm not 100 positive. Um, but a lot of the skins in the battle pass are actually skins you can pay like other currencies to like unlock as well. So sometimes okay. it just might make more sense to like pay for the battle pass rather than doing um like the individual skins and stuff like that. Um, and you know, I, I think there is nothing wrong with the battle pass model as long as that battle pass doesn't give you like lock content behind it like if lebron james the only way to get him was through a battle pass yeah that's probably yeah that's tough but a lebron james skin behind a battle pass that's fine no that's that's super fair um up next here and we're gonna be talking about it a lot is xenoblade chronicles 3 currently sitting at a meta score of 89 that's pretty high yeah i'm Um, surprised Almost, almost breaking um, ninety here with uh, some of the better game, better reviewed games of the year. Uh, you know, a handful of hundreds, a lot of you know, nineties, eighties, you know, high seventies, whatever. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna be getting into this in a little bit more detail, but it seems that this is going down uh, really well with people. Yeah, uh, and the the series itself has always been reviewed okay um the original yeah. game came out for the wii and that i think got in the high 90s like people love that one like that's a that's a classic game uh but then since then like i don't think xenoblade 2 i think was in like the 80s let me uh, yeah xenoblade 2 was an 83 when it launched xenoblade chronicles for the wii was a 92 uh xenoblade chronicles 3d for the 3ds was an 86 so like this is like definitely the higher end of other Xenoblade games um, in terms of just review score. Um, so I, I think it, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> um, up next here, we got Bear and Breakfast. This is, uh, we talked about this last week. This is a PC only. It was supposed to come to the Switch. It will be coming to the Switch, just not uh, right now. It's like a management adventure sim. Uh, where you run a bed and breakfast, but you're a bear, and I think you run it for like other like little animals. It's cute. Uh, it's got a 73. People, some people really liked it. It's it was less favorably reviewed by some other sites. Um, but this seems to be, I don't know, uh, pretty much in line with what I anticipated for something. Like oh this. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this was one of those things that when when you broke the news to me uh, last week about it not coming out to Switch right away, it just it crushed my fiance. But um, I know we it will come out soon. Yes. Yes, it will. Uh, and then the last thing here. So Digimon Survive released this past week, and it doesn't currently have um, a critic score just because like the spread for uh, what outlets have reviewed it on what platform has been a little, uh, as we say on Hitbox here, glonky. But <laughs> it has had... Um, an interesting user response. Pretty much it got like mega review bombed right out the gate. And then uh, people have been hopping on to, to give it more positive reviews. Um, but it seems like a lot of people really didn't like um, uh, some of the more visual novel elements of this, which is interesting. Cause like, I always, I thought it was like a visual novel. Like, I, I don't know. Like I, like to me, it, my understanding of the marketing was of it was it's a visual novel with some RPG elements. Um, which, yeah, okay, one of the pr- producers clarified before the game that it's 70% a visual novel and 30% a strategy RPG. Um, so, I don't know. I have no feelings on this game. I'm not a Digimon person. Um, but, yeah, how does, it, so, how does this sort of grab you? Uh, I think one of the weirder things about this whole thing is the fact that some of the big publications, like uh, I know IGN, they didn't get this game until the day it came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like... That's not a great sign, usually, I would say. 
um, with a game. I not always <sighs> depends, but um, you know, it just. I, I think that hurts a game when they do that because it just doesn't get the right messaging out behind the game. If it's a good game, you want outlets to say that. You want outlets to be like, oh, it's a great game. You should buy this. Um, if it's not a good game, I, I guess you don't want them to say that. But like, I think some of these review bomb scores are just because maybe like a, not, a lot of people aren't expecting what this game is or know what this game is. And yeah, you know, people are just toxic on the internet. Well, that's the thing. Like every game now just gets review bombed. Like, which is just such a nightmare. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it, like, I don't know. Um, it's one of those things where like people love to point at like uh, games critics and be like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. And it's like, no, they tend to <laughs> uh, they, like, this is a labor of love, not a labor of money, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. which I, I think a lot of people don't understand. But like, it takes a single look at like user reviews on Metacritic to be like, no, I think the gamers might not know what they're talking right, about. Right. Uh, obviously, both of those are generalizations. and like, don't hold up for a whole lot, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I'm just hoping, uh, hoping this gets a, a solid 100. Yeah, man, it's looking like it might um, for your fantasy team, huh? Yeah, yeah, because that's really all I care about. I don't, I don't care about the anything other than that at this point. So, yeah, I hope... are you gonna play it? I kind of, you said that you were said I have to. Them. So, eh. I mean, you don't have to like finish it. That's true. You, like you didn't finish, or like you played the demo of Stranger Paradise, and then well, called it there. The good thing is that I didn't have to pay for that. You know what I mean? So, no, like, you, if, I get it. If I'm I gonna have it. to pay for Digimon Survive, the chances of me not playing through it are well, actually, they're pretty high. <laughs> how all right how much do you think this game costs let's see uh probably like 60 hundred thousand sixty dollars um where do i buy this i can buy it on steam. yeah on steam, steam for sixty dollars yep that is a whole 60 smack it's not only, it's it's you can buy digimon survive month one edition month one edition they're, they're just giving up on the day one editions aren't they they're just going straight to the month yeah i mean this is this looks like a visual novel i was talking to elena and she was like i was like yeah like I was talking about Neon White, and I was explaining, like, yeah, it's like a visual novel, but it has, like, all this other stuff to it. And she's like, for someone who doesn't really like to read, you sure do like visual novels. And I was like, a visual novel has to do a lot of work <laughs> for me to get into it. Uh, like, it either has to be, like, about something I, I find interesting, like, like your Danganronpa. You know, like, I like the idea of, like, these murder trials and whatever. Or, like, it has to, like, have a lot more going on, like, with Persona or um, with Neon White, like, the other aspect of that game is like not a visual novel right, at all. Right, right. Well, I think um, like Persona, like the good thing about that is it does have a lot of visual novelly moments to it. But like, yeah. the thing about it is that it's a relief from the other gameplay. So it's like a good balance yes. of RPG, visual novel, management sim kind of stuff. Same with same with uh, like Neon White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and like like the most visual novel game that I played that I enjoyed was Danganronpa, but. Um, Again, that was just like I, it had an interesting premise and hook, and I thought the gameplay was like eh, okay, but I thought the story carried it. I, so. I do just say, just looking at some of these screenshots for Digimon Survive, I think like the actual it looks like gorgeous. yeah, it looks beautiful. I think the tactics gameplay looks really kind of cool. Um, yeah, like I hey, you know, maybe I'll enjoy this game. Maybe I need that little story with a little bit of the tactics uh, in it uh, in my life because I'm not opposed to tactics games, but no, you, you've you've dabbled. I've dabbed. Dab, what year is it? 2015. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin, let's talk about Xenoblade. Um, 
before we talk about the news, let's talk about Xenoblade. Get this all uh, off, you know, on the table. What do you think, man? You're you're a Xenoblade fan. This is my first exposure to the series. Uh, how are you liking it? I like it a lot. It is Xenoblade. Uh, I th- is it okay? I, I think where you're at in the game. I'm so I'm about twenty hours in. Yeah. Okay. So pretty far. Um, and the game doesn't become really like an open world RPG <laughs> game until like uh-huh. hour twelve. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I've, I've, I've picked up on that, believe it or not. And that was not the case with the other ones. Like th- okay. this is like a little bit of like it. It was a very linear start for me, um, mm-hmm. and just it being so linear, it kind of it did. It's not that it drags. It's just I wanted that open worldiness a little bit more. I wanted sure. to like do quests. I wanted to like get to know some of the other characters and like get the world building a little bit better than what I got. But I mean, for the most part, other than the slow start, at the point I'm in the game now, it is just a Xenoblade game in the best way possible. And um, I think, is it one of my favorite Xenoblades? Uh, that that might be uh, that might be up for debate later. Um, it, it's definitely drawing me in more than Xenoblade One. Xenoblade Two is just special for me, so it's hard for me to like have okay. something that top that. But what are your just impressions of? Because it is like similar to all the other Xenoblade games in terms of combat, storytelling, that kind of thing. Uh, there are some major differences, but it's still pretty similar to that other formula. What do you like? What do you don't like? I guess here's the, here's the problem that I'm running into. I'm having a hard time articulating what I like and don't like because I don't know what the game is yet. Because yeah, Okay, so for reference, I'm about 10 hours in, I think. Uh, I got to the part in Chapter 2 where like now I can like sort of switch classes up a little bit and I'm in this big desert open environment that i got to run to some places like i don't fucking forever away um and like i feel like okay so now the game's really getting started but i'm uh, even then like i'm not even totally sure if like all the systems and mechanics have have been introduced i imagine they haven't um there's a lot to keep track of and i talked about this in uh when when i played stranger of paradise final fantasy origin that like that game will tutorialize at you for about an hour of just you clicking through text boxes without actually giving you the practice you need to like understand what you're playing. This game has a similar amount of tutorialization, but it's spread over about 10 hours, which means that you do get to have like, um, the mechanics and stuff like actually like for, like cemented in your brain before you actually start like amending them and talking about like more complex ways to use mechanics and stuff like that, which I can appreciate, but it does make this feel like starting it is like kind of like really dull. Um, and I didn't realize this until maybe yesterday. I was like, Oh, I think I'm bored. <laughs> like, like I think I'm a little bored with this. Uh, it, not, not like, I'm not saying it's bad, but I just think that like, even someone who loves this series or even who someone who loves this game, I think should be able to see like, Hey, yeah, maybe 10 hours of tutorials is a lot is uh, of linear gameplay and tutorials is maybe a lot to ask of someone. That said, I think the story is kind of interesting. 
Um, I like the idea of like people who only have 10 years to live sort of finding out this is the premise guys. Like it's a spoiler cause it's 10 hours in the video game, but like it's the premise people who only have like 10 hours long, uh, sorry, 10 years to live finding out like, Oh, what if we didn't, what if we stopped fighting this really tired war and just sort of figured something else out? I think that's a cool premise. Uh, I don't love many of the characters yet. Um, I imagine I will come to like them more, but I, I think that most of them are a little bland. Uh, I like the main character, Noah, and I like, um, who's the lady with the cat ears on the other side? Mia. Mia. Was I like her. Mio, Mia. Mio, maybe. Mio is something you squirt into water to make it a tasty drink. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. One of those little, I do like, know that. Yeah. Sorry for the word squirt there. <laughs> it, it, it is in, in <laughs> fact, I, uh, Mio. <laughs> Okay, gotcha. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry for saying that twice. But uh, yeah, I, like I, I think those characters are kind of fine. But um, there's just like, to me, there's just not a lot to latch on to yet that I can say that I really like. I like the premise. I like some of the themes that are going on. It kind of reminds me of Final Fantasy X with um, Yuna being a summoner and having to go send like the, like the dead into the next life, which I think is kind of cool as an idea. And um, it actually mechanically means something in this game because you find dead people and you like send them out instead of in Final Fantasy X where like that just never <laughs> it came up in some cutscenes but like never like it wasn't a part of the game. Um, I don't mean to offend British people, but damn these guys' accents suck. Uh, <laughs> I posted a clip on the Hitbox twitter account uh, did you see this yeah of, that's a rare um, doodah right there <laughs> yeah it's like he says it like a lot um and i can't listen to that more <laughs> like i can't i can't um and i forget too because you know like when i read like because like not all the text is like voice so i'll like read it and then like we'll go directly into like in my you know in, like whatever accent i have and then like or however like i hear it in my head and then like i'll go into the next scene and then they've all got these like very very english accents uh except for the other side except for uh these guys names i don't know mio sia and then like tens tetrio yeah yeah um i thought okay here's something that i wish i wish that they had more differences in their culture Maybe there, maybe this will come up, but I thought like, okay, here's these two warring sides, like, and, and you know, th these six people, three from each side have to come and work together. Like, I thought it'd be, oh, you're looking at, you're giving me like a wink. Does this come into play? Sort of. Okay. Like, I thought that there would be like, th like customs that they didn't understand for each other. You know what I mean? That it would be kind of cute and it would be like, um, like, oh, we don't shake hands here. We, you know, give a big hug or whatever. I don't know. That's just like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> I, I really wished that by the time you got to this podcast today, you finished chapter two. Um, Am I close are, to the end of it? Uh, there, there's like a moment that it really picks up. I think you might be with that outrage. I think you're pretty close to it. Okay. It depends how many like side things, like how like many I'm trying to find a bunch of you're fighting on the way there. But how many battles should I be fighting? Because uh, there's like there's guys all over. You should battle them until they stop auto like automatically going to you. Because generally that means that you're high enough level above them uh, that okay. they're not interested in you. But as long as they're attacking you, you should attack them just so you level yourself up appropriately. 
Okay, because I've been fighting a lot of them, which like I don't mind. Uh, I think the combat's kind of fun. I do, I do like it. Uh, there's a lot to it in a way that was a little overwhelming, but I do like how it sort of uh, eases you into it yeah, by just like, yeah. okay, control one character, and like here's how to play one yep. character, uh, and here's how to play a different type of character, and then it's like now play a six, um, which <laughs> does make it kind of like it does get a little chaotic. Would you agree when there's like six characters all doing their own thing, and it's like which who am I controlling? Yeah. And yeah. what am I doing? And who's attacking what? I do like the, um, I've seen these in other games too. I do like the like lines that connect the character that's being targeted to the enemy. And then also like the color of the line determines like, hey, is this the type of character who should be getting hit a lot? Um, so that you can switch over to like a tank and be like, no, come fight me. Um, yeah. So a, I like, uh, yeah. a couple of the, the, the good things about this game that I think tra uh, like any Xenoblade game has these minus X because we don't talk about that one. Um, oh. th that's because it's not like necessarily like in the timeline the same way. It's a different type of oh, game. Is this is, yeah, I was going to say like, is there anything in this that like, so I'm, ass that, like, I'm, ass I'm assuming yes, there, there might be. Okay. Um, this takes place after one and two. Uh, so like at like, I don't know how far after, but probably significantly. Um, the the thing I love about these games are the are the, it, it's like you're watch it, speaking of visual novels and games there are so many cutscenes in here but like mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing because they get like just super epic and I think you're you're about to get to the the anime as hell cutscene in the game like there's okay. le like legitimately like this moment it's just like you're watching like the culmination of a of an arc of an anime and it's 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 really cool and they they get those so many times throughout the the game um and the series in general the choreography in, in the the cutscenes is really nice yeah. um especially like I noticed that when they um when you first meet up with the other three and you guys have this fight in front of this guy who is like in front of like a bomb or something like the whole reason, the whole like initial inciting incident for the game, uh, that cutscene where all six of them are fighting each other. I thought was like really great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like I, I definitely agree. Um, I'm not like done with it. Like I'm going to like keep playing it. Cause I like, do want to see what the big deal is, you know? Um, but I, I think I just am ready to be to the part where it's like finally like the training wheels are off and it's like now here's what the game is. Yeah, you know? and, and, I, and at the end of chapter two, I think you have at least enough of the major combat um, uh, knowledge and a lot of the mechanics that I think you're you're in a good spot at that point. Okay. Um, okay. But like to me, I think this game improves a lot on, on some of the other games. You said it's busy to look at. Um, it's easier than uh, the other ones. <laughs> what? What was happening in the other ones? You have a like, hundred party members. They just do some things that are smarter in terms of like okay. telling you what's on the field. Um, like even as simple as having two colors for the for the lines that connect you to the enemy. One for the shield mm -hmm. characters. One for the other characters. It just it yeah. like simplifies that much more clearly. Also, like how characters have their little circle around them to show you like where area of effects and stuff will work and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like. They they do a good job of like telling you with that language better in this game than other ones. It's still loud. Um, the repetitive dialogue stuff it's annoying in the open world and after battles, and it can be annoying in a battle. But like listening to what the characters say, they basically are announcing their moves. They're like Pokemon, <laughs> like when they're like yeah. doing stuff. So like if you're listening to their moves, like you'll hear someone say break, and then you're like, oh god, someone just initiated break. I gotta use my topple ability and like to like get your like combos and stuff going. So like listening to that stuff can actually be helpful in clearing the noise a little bit. 
Um, and in this game, in the middle of combat, you can switch characters, which opens mm-hmm. up a lot of lot more possibilities um, for actually like going about a, a combat encounter in the moment. In the in I think Xenoblade Chronicles two, I forget if you can control anyone other than Rex, but like the characters each have three potential swords that connect with them. So like there's a lot in this game, but I think there can be like a potential of like nine characters that are, are being active at the same time in Mm -hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles that you don't have control over. So a lot of it's just like automatic. So you're just like hoping that people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, But the thing that gets really cool that you quite, I don't know if you've gotten to this part yet. um, The class system. Have you gotten to the different classes yeah, so I got to where, like, they all switched classes. Yeah, and that is a really cool thing because it just keeps your combat fresh because basically uh, every character has its own individual class, and you get to a point in the game where you can assign other characters' classes to the other characters, assuming they've been unlocked. Um, and usually you unlock them by just, like, being in a party with someone else who has that class unlocked. Um for long enough and eventually it opens up after a while or the other way is you do these hero uh, missions and hero missions are when you meet another character that has a unique class that you can eventually recruit to be your eighth party member Mm. or seventh party member Um, and also once you unlock them you get that class that gets paired with one of your other characters oh cool so there's so much more strategy in this game and i find myself in this game more than any other xenoblade constantly switching what class i'm playing what my move sets are and they've streamlined all of that stuff to a way that makes it really fun um and it's that like that like ocd part of my brain that like i gotta fill these bars up before i move on to the next thing and i gotta try to maximize to get as many possible 10 10 level rank uh, classes as possible on as many characters as possible that it just even if the game itself is a little bit repetitive at times with the combat the actual like planning for how you're going to make the best character is enough to keep me going through that so i'm not just okay. fighting another demon dragon for the 50th time i'm fighting a demon dragon with a new class to try to unlock this class for my other characters it's very reminiscent to what you do in fire emblem both in three houses and three hopes in terms of trying to give your main characters as many classes as possible to give them more upgrades and more moves and stuff like that um gotcha but i i mean this it Your critique is valid. I think this is going to turn a lot of people off who come to this game for the first time. If they're like, all right, I hear a lot of good things about Xenoblade. And then it's a linear 10-hour story beginning part. That really kind of hurts it because they're that's not the best part of the game when it's linear. (laughs) Right, and that's the thing. It's odd because, like, yes, it is giving you a taste as like here's what is to come it's just not a good representation of like here is the game yeah yeah you know yep. and it, it i prefer that over like i said what uh stranger paradise did which was just like here's the whole fucking game asshole and it's like i don't want yeah. this uh, or, yep, or, yep, yep. it just got to the point where i was like so fatigued of like reading all these things about stuff i didn't understand like um so like i think this is preferable but it is still a little long in the tooth um, one more thing this game does pretty well yeah. is the, um, the they have like training tutorials that you can go yeah, back I saw to. Those. So like they'll they'll show you a menu and they'll like walk you through a lot of the main mechanics. But 
once you do that, they unlock a special combat encounter that you can go to, like a VR kind of thing, where you actually practice like skills that they've just talked about, but also sometimes like it's some advanced skills that they might not talk about, like the whole like break topple days kind of stuff. They mm-hmm. explain that in more in depth and actually have you play it and practice it instead of just reading about it. Okay, gotcha. So and that's that's what I struggle yeah. with when it's like, okay, read about this yep. idea and then it's like when do I use that? Like, how do I even, what was that about? Yeah, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I, this is, it's more Xenoblade for me. So I'm to the point where I just feel like I'm at home and the hours just, just go away when you're playing this game. I don't know how I, I know I've only played this game for only for 20 hours, but it seems like every time I start, it's been like seven hours in my house and I just don't understand like where I am. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, does, does walking around the open world ever get any different? Cause like I, I find the traversal to be uh pretty bad of just, of just like, like running around. Like it's just very like bland. Yeah. Uh, so like sort of like you start to unlock new ways to traverse in the world. Um, I, okay. I don't know what this means yet. Uh, but like I have basically I can climb up vines now, which you couldn't do before. Um, I've seen some of the vines yeah. and they're like, we don't have what we need um, for this. But like, basically it just becomes like you explore the world to like look for little nooks and crannies to get more landmarks that you can fast travel to, to make some of the side quests and collecting stuff a little bit easier. But also if you start exploring the world and finding certain nooks and crannies, you get like legendary and, and rare monsters that you can fight. Have you fought okay. any of those legendary monsters yet? Uh, I killed one and then it told I killed something and then it told me like this thing's grave has been marked. Okay, yeah. So you're talking about those. I did one of those. Yeah, those are really fun battles because even if you're fighting those enemies at level, they can be really challenging in terms of Mm -hmm. like the like if it's a level five and you're level five, it's a challenging fight, even if you're like like, powered up and stuff like that. Um, So to answer your question about does traversing the world get more fun? Not necessarily. The worlds get more fun to explore. Okay. The le- the ways you can go about those exploration things get to be, I think, m- a little bit more interesting. Um, and then, like some of like the little like hidden places that you find with some like rare monsters and items in it, uh, becomes a little bit worth it too. Um, but yeah, I think this is the problem. Is the first two places you're in in this game are not even close to being the most interesting or best, and it's so linear that you can't explore. Yeah, no, that that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I will. I'm going to be sticking with this, um, if not for the podcast for work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, hey, it's hard to write guides about a game that uh, is shunting you down a narrow corridor for ten hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you'll need go figure. Trust yeah. me, tr- you're right there. You're right there. Keep going. Okay, okay. I will. I will pursue uh, further. Justin. Here's my promise to you. Once we hang up this call, I'm going to sit down and play Xenoblade for like yeah. three hours. And again, so. I'm not saying I'm not like I think your feel- feelings are valid. It's just once you get past that first <laughs> 10, 12 hours, that's when you can start making that determination about like the game, because that's when the game really opens up. Gotcha. Yeah. And and I'm not like I don't hate it. It's just like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, there, there's just a lot of it that is like maybe. Um, holding me back from really, really liking it because I like the combat and it's fun and I'm like into the story. It's just that some of the stuff in between. Oh, also, what are they called? Palms, pawns, napons, the napons are the fucking worst thing I've ever seen in a video game. Holy shit! 
you've got this grim story about these about children who go like children soldiers who go out and kill each other and then you've got this like guy who's also on the team that's like me think we should it's like jar jar like we me think we should go take a shower together they all take baths together which i think is funny i thought that was going to play into the cultural weirdness between the nations a little bit um and it's like what are you talking about we're we're depressed guys and gals and whoever going to fight wars and i gotta hang out with this neon blue furby that just talks like an idiot yeah yeah uh, and, and its voice does not fit it like it's like misa think we should go like so stop. that's what the first this? time i heard one like that has like a deep like like yeah. bass like that like normally they talk like this the whole time like they talk like yeah, you'd expect which isn't them to better talk, but like, it's still like <laughs> it fits makes sense a little bit yeah. more um, so I'm just going to read a quick uh, description about the the Nopons. Uh, they are recurring just species in Xenoblade series. They are very smalls. It's they are very smalls. It says <laughs> compared to other species in the game, their bodies are egg shaped, and one of their notable features is their wing like appendages, allowing them to yeah. fly, but only briefly. Uh, Nopons are stated to have feathers instead of fur multiple times throughout the series. Nopons also have a longer lifespan than humans or Homs. They can naturally grow to be 240 years old in the first game. Nopons are equally the uh, are equal to the Homs. They speak in a Nopon dialect, adding pawn to many proper pronouns such as hero pawn or data pawn and mostly talking in the third person so if any of you know me you know that uh misa love uh uh puppets so this is probably why i like them so much <laughs> they suck dude they're so bad <laughs> like and read it like reading their dialogue like i think if i if i listened to it all like it would make more sense but reading their dialogue sucks because it just like i have to read it like four times I'm like what the fuck are you <laughs> saying like yeah so there you go i can't stand them what are they called uh napoms the, n-o-p-o-n-s napoms N-O-P-O-N-S. okay for a game that talks so much i should probably know how to say that better but they don't ever say it like like uh, yeah whatever they are whatever they, they are introduced a little bit better in the first game like you go to their village even though they're like ar- around okay. the overworld you go to their their village for the first time and you like see them there um in the second game it, it's basically that game it, there's all this like complicated stuff about like certain people who are chosen with the force or whatever um who can um uh, basically unlock blades and there's a character who can unlock a blade so he basically makes his own blade that turns into the, this very like japanese cutesy uh blade robot figure that he makes it's it's pretty out of place in a funny way um i would say the xenoblade 2 is a lot more fun than this one is in terms of like the tone sometimes yeah they're all miserable it's not yeah they're 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 not having fun they're not having fun but yeah 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 xenoblade great series i love it uh play it maybe for 12 hours and then tell me if you like it i think if you if you watch the trailers of this game you're like oh here we go this is for you (laughs) but if you're like if this is your first jrpg i would suggest something else um but also what the hell do i know so if you if you know uh i'm not i'm not negative on it yet necessarily i still have to play more to make up my mind let's talk about the news justin what do you think let's do it here we Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake has been delayed indefinitely, it would seem. Uh, a Bloomberg report broke this past week saying that uh, Asper Media, who is behind um, all sorts of different 
uh, switch ports. They they did a lot of the they've done a lot of Star Wars switch ports. They were responsible for the um, Kotor and Kotor two switch ports, uh, among many other things. Um, well, it is reported that both direct the art director Jason Miner and design director Brad uh, Prince, who were working on the uh, Kotor remake, have been fired. And then following their departure from the company, the uh, top brass at Asper told the employees that the project has been on hold indefinitely. And in the meantime, um, Asper is going to be going and looking for new contracts to make new games. So there's that. What do you think, Justin? Uh, I think if they just like copy and pasted old KOTOR with better graphics <laughs> and like redo the character models. I don't know if that would have been good enough. I uh, agreed. It seemed like it was, I mean, we only got the one like teaser, but like, it seemed like, Oh, they're doing like a lot. Right. To this. Right. So the, the thing, the thing in order for them to make this game better would be that they had to do a final fantasy seven remake treatment to it. Yes, and, that's the way I felt. I don't know if I assumed that or what. Well, but. I mean, I, I think that's what the assumption is right now. Like, if they're going to do something like that, like, we yeah, don't want yeah. just, like, a, a better skin version of this. We want it to be improved and modernized uh, to a place where we can recognize it as a modern game. And maybe that was their intention. Um and when they showed it to the execs and they're like, you know what, we're just going to we're going to cancel this <laughs> like, yeah, because it's weird that like the art director and the design director, like I'm not going to pretend like I know how video games are made yeah, or like I know how like the higher ups, the, like the hierarchy of like making a game sort of breaks down. But like those seem like odd fires that would result in the entire project being canned, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just think it was a lot of stuff that that with this game, they had a lot of hopes for it. They wanted it to do a lot of things, and they probably shot for the moon, and then they decided that looking at the game, looking at the company who did it, maybe they shot too far. That's no moon. <laughs> Star Wars? Oh, that's know. a good one. I like that. I yeah. like that. Uh, or maybe shot for the moon, ended up in the Star Wars? Uh, yeah, uh, this is, it's, it's a little odd, this, um, we haven't heard anything, uh, official about this, but, um, GameSpot did some research, uh, for, on both the two people who were fired, uh, they, they went to their LinkedIn profiles and both of them have set, like, concluded their time at the company, one of them, uh, has the open for work, like, thing on his page, so, um, there you go. I don't know. I'm, I'm disappointed. I've never played KOTOR. Um, I would like to... I, I heard the Switch ports were pretty good, except for one it, pretty major bug. It, it was bug KOTOR in the 2 I don't think you can beat. Yeah. And I, and uh, I, but I, I think... I, did they yeah. fix it yet? I thought they did. Okay. I thought I... I either read that they did or read that they didn't. And people were, <laughs> we're almost there, guys. <laughs> um, right. I, pl um, I played part of the first one up until you get the lightsaber, which one might say you stopped playing when you got the lightsaber... Uh, but my memories of that game, I didn't play it when it first came out. Uh, I played it a little bit after the fact it's, it's, uh, it needs a remake, not just a remaster. You know what I mean? Did you play it on the switch? No, 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 no. I played it oh, on, okay. I, I think Xbox, Xbox 360. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, uh, it, it just, it really didn't drag me in, which is odd because it's an RPG Star Wars game by Bioware. Right. I mean, like, can you get a better combo there? Uh, can you target more specifically towards me? <laughs> like, I don't think so. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, I missed these uh, and I was looking forward to this remake. So I don't know. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe not. It seemed like we were still pretty far out from it. Like, it's not like it was the kind of thing that they were like, well, we've got 90 percent of this done and let's we're throwing it away. Um, if they're willing to fire people, uh, if they're willing to stop the project over the firing of these two people and potentially more like I'm inclined to believe like well maybe there were some other issues going on there so yeah it is unfortunate but hey what can you do sometimes games don't happen um <laughs> it's true it's just a shame that it's something so beloved as as nice the old republic uh and like i don't know i remember when that trailer went up and it was like oh shit this is like a big deal <laughs> like <laughs> like oh damn uh so there you go speaking of big deals or perhaps lack thereof uh near automata we talked about last week for uh to catch you up if you aren't familiar someone on reddit posted um in an odd door in the um what was it called it was like the replicant village when they go underground and then there's a there's a complete recreation of like a city but it's all white and it looks like a weird set um in the nine in the a two part of that game uh you drop down and someone posted on reddit a video of them finding this door that just opened and like led them down further into the city that uh in a place where in the previous version there wasn't a door and so a lot of people were like thinking like well this looks fake because we would have found this by now or or whatever uh and the person who posted the video was like yeah i can't really replicate this (laughs) um it oh lol uh replicant i get it yeah um and a bunch of people were like oh it's mods but then some people were like yeah but it's kind of like beyond what we've seen from the modding community so far so it would be like really surprising if it were a mod and then yoko taro like retweeted it being like "Mm, who's to say and then uh it turns out it's just it was mods they they made a mod for the game and it looks cool which is cool because if you are a near fan and want to mod the game or play mods for the game like that's pretty great but for me as a near fan wanting more official near content uh this makes me uh sad yeah i i mean <laughs> i i think you know talking about like how this uh is that conspiracy theory of me like i was hoping it meant something more like i was yeah. really hoping that would be like that um but it just turned out it was just a couple of pretty pretty slick modders uh, out there. Um, so, alas. <laughs> sometimes games don't come out, as we just learned with KOTOR, and sometimes a sequel to Nier Automata, uh, I guess a sequel to Nier Reincarnation, um, is not announced or going to be coming out anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, hey, game video games studios specifically uh platinum please make us please make another one. Oh, they have to right uh no <laughs> um, they don't uh and and they recently said uh we talked about this a few months ago like yoko taro one of the composers and one of the other people who were like big in the near um 
in the like the production of Nier came out and they were like, hey, we don't have anything to announce because we need more money to make another game. <laughs> uh, so if someone wants to give us money, that'd be great. But if there's no more money, there are no more Nier games, which is like it makes sense. Um, but those games, in my opinion, are too good to be left alone. Yeah, I mean th- that's just such a unique. A unique type of game uh yeah experiences i've never quite played before i mean even replicant versus automata very different weird experiences um both valid both memorable yeah. too like yeah. like i look back on playing the remake and or the remaster whatever it was and it's like yo this is like a this is a good game yeah yeah uh man again memorable in its own right i've been actually thinking about going back and replaying both of them but who's got the time i might play uh, automata when it comes on switch but who knows probably i mean i'm broken i'll do it again yeah but it's coming out right by persona justin and i know you're gonna be deep in persona oh you're right actually never mind (laughs) yeah yeah um all right let's talk about sony for a little while and some statistics and analysis on their business moves um so while so okay xbox microsoft we know them we love them bought Activision Blizzard, which means they own a lot of new IPs, including Call of Duty. And it's a so good one. um it's popular. Sony has said so this is an article from VGC by Andy Robinson titled Sony says it believes Xbox owning Call of Duty could influence users' console choice. Uh, that is a transcribed quote from Sony by VGC uh, in a response to questions from, let's see, Brazil's regulatory body. Uh, this was also first found in uh, the Reset Era forums, where basically uh, the uh, Brazil's regulatory body is taking a look at the deal for... Um, Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard, and then so uh, Sony, I think, was asked about it. Um, th- there's that's sort of all there is to this, other than like them explaining why they think people are going to be hopping on board um, Xbox over Sony as a result of this purchase. What do you think of this? I have some f- some thoughts. Like the fact that people are going to buy Call of Duty on microsoft uh, xbox <laughs> yeah I, I mean like it's, it's one of those things where like my thoughts are just like what i thought about it when i heard it like oh that's pretty good for xbox they said that they're going to you know honor all the contracts that that like specifically games like call of duty and you know whatever else have made so they they will be launching cross-platform but eventually it would make sense if call of duty becomes an xbox exclusive franchise yeah um yeah i i think i i think that totally makes sense and you know i i think there's so many paths that microsoft can do to make the most money possible with this and make a good business decision with it like free to play yeah. stuff everywhere uh the actual game put it on microsoft and give have specific tie-in things to go with that free-to-play game that you only get on microsoft and incentivize exactly. people to buy that so many ways for this to, to, to happen that i don't think any of this is is a bad thing maybe if you're like that only own a sony and you're worried about that and you've been call of dutying for years and and whatever and that is unfortunate that all of a sudden your favorite game is now switched to another platform um but if you're a big call of duty fan on playstation now at one point, Call of Duty was big on Xbox, so that was their thing for already. the longest time. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's sort of the thing too, right? Like, they it just makes sense that, like, yeah, I, I, Sony, yeah, that's what happens when people buy studios, 
And Sony, you buy studios. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like... Bungie? Yeah, like, you just bought Bungie, and, and you know, Destiny is staying cross-platform, but they also made it clear, whatever Bungie works on next will not be cross-platform. And whatever Bungie assists on to help them make whatever their live service games are that they've been talking about will not be cross-platform. And that's okay, because that's just how these exclusivity deals work and these, you know, studio purchases work. Um, so, yeah, like, they bought this. <laughs> so, sorry. Well, and and <laughs> you know. Microsoft is not going to do something that's going to lose them money. And I honestly no. believe that the, the best way for them to make as much money as possible on Call of Duty is to have it everywhere. Um, but there's still going to be ways to incentivize people to play it on Xbox, your system, uh, and I'm sure they'll do that, and it will happen, and it will be fine. Well, you know, what you just said about, like, okay, uh, Warzone will be everywhere, but then the, you know, campaigns and the new games will be exclusively on Xbox on Game Pass. Uh, that's fine by me if I don't have to buy another Call of Duty game ever and just, like, go through the campaign on, on Game Pass and go, like, oh, that was mean-spirited and felt bad. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, well, I'll never think about that again. Um, like, that's fine, you know? Uh, and, and, you know, this is from a place of pr privilege, right? Like, I have an Xbox. I have a PlayStation. Uh, not everyone is as fortunate as we are, right? And, and so that is absolutely... It does suck if that is the case. But uh, the fact that Sony would be saying that is it's a little odd because it's like oh no did someone buy up all the studios that you were also buying like i don't know if they were in talks to buy activision blizzard i imagine they were not because they're not that uh they don't have that much money to my understanding but like you buy things too sony <laughs> i also sorry one last thing about this and then we can sort of move on here uh is that like i feel like when they say something like this this um empowers a lot of like console fanboys. uh you know, you've got the, the Sony crowd and the, the Xbox crowd, but like the Sony crowd to be like, it is so terrible that they're buying up all these studios and whatever when it's like, yeah, like they do that too. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Like it, it's just, it was always odd to me when people are like upset that Microsoft is buying studios, but then like super excited when Sony buys them because it's just like, it's the same thing. It's the same thing, everyone. <laughs> so. Uh, I love people. Do you? I don't know if I do. Uh, I love some people. I love... I do love people. You love the people that you need to love. Yeah. I don't love the people on Twitter. <laughs> Except for our lovely followers. And that's another great plug-in opportunity to follow us on Twitter. At HitboxPod on Twitter. Yeah. Always be plugging. Always be plugging. Uh, Patreon.com slash HitboxPod as well. Uh, also our Discord, which the link is in the description of this episode. The other people I love on Twitter... Dots pretzels, uh, but we'll we'll get around to that later, uh, and by that I mean hopefully in like four months because I did make some promises at the beginning of this episode that I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep. <laughs> um, PlayStation sales are looking uh, a little. They, they've taken not a dip this year, but maybe not. Um, they are not having as big of a year as they have had over the past like two. Uh, so from an industry and oh, so for, sorry from games industry biz, um, they took a look at the earnings report for the end of this most recent quarter and um, PlayStation five units shipped. They, they shipped 2.4 million units, um, which is up by 4%, which is, you know, an increase, but not like a huge increase that you would might see um, might want if you're a company that is still sort of in the midst of launching a console, despite the fact that it's been two years. Uh, I would still say we're kind of in the launch 
period. Wouldn't you say? Just because like they've been so hard to get and, and come by. Um, they uh, actual game software is down by twenty six percent. They you know they're still selling forty seven point one million units, um, but I, I think it sort of makes sense because of how great an, a year the games industry had for the past two years based on COVID and lockdowns, people staying home and whatever. Now, as uh, things are opening up again, again, uh, it seems like, yeah, maybe people are going to be buying less video games because the people who are maybe more casual gamers that were buying games during lockdowns and whatever, um, just don't have the time and aren't playing as many. Um, I think uh, this is interesting. The PlayStation plus subscribers are up by 2%. So that's 47.3 million. Um, that isn't accounting for the new stuff, is it? I imagine not. I think that was with the bump with the new stuff for, uh, for this quarter. Oh, was it? So, like, with that being... Only 2%, that's interesting. Yeah, but, I mean, if everything else is going down, and then that still went up... Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's not horrible. I'm sure they wanted that to be bigger, but... that you are, You're totally right, Justin. Uh, this is interesting to me. The digital download ratio is 79% digital versus 31% um, physical. And then, which is, uh, that ratio is different from last year when it was 71% digital, 39% physical. Um, I'm still on that 30, 31% physical buyers. Is it 31%? Yeah. No. 79 plus 31 is 100. Yes. Okay. I, the, I, I, I am, I would be 21%. I would be, it's fine. 21%. It's math. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I would be on that boat with you if, um, if in fact uh, the games didn't need a download and I was actually like, sure, I had the game on the disc <laughs> ready to go. But so many of these games still have to download. You still have to get the updates. You still have to do all that stuff to make it work. But Agreed. But um, a lot of them, the downloads are a lot faster. Uh, for Xenoblade, for example, uh, it was two minutes because they had to do an update and then I was playing the game. That's pretty cool. It was kind of cool. Well, Switch but, is also uh, the the different. It's an outlier. Yeah, yes, one hundred percent. Not not <laughs> that is not conducive of the rest N of games. Nintendo doesn't fit in with the rest of the games industry. Weird. What? How novel? Strange. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. And then also, um, so like with this with this news, uh, we also have a report here from an industry analyst saying that. Um, so first of all, gaming revenue. Uh, declined 7%. This is from Microsoft, by the way, in uh, quarter four of 2022. Uh, declined 7% uh, the most recent quarter. Uh, but that is sort of on trend with what we've been seeing uh, elsewhere. Um, but then the uh, Xbox series of consoles are its best-selling um, hardware to date, which makes sense to me. I know that we've been, you know, it's been hard to get your hands on an Xbox Series X easier than a PlayStation 5, but still hard. But the Xbox Series S, like they're around, like they're in stock places in stores uh, and they're $200 cheaper and they're just Game Pass machines, man. Like, why wouldn't you buy that if you were looking to get an Xbox right now? If you're saying like, damn, I don't want Call of Duty to go, uh, you know, Xbox only that Xbox Series S, man, that's going to be enticing for a long time. You know, yeah, you I, oh, I think it totally makes sense. And, and I, I feel like, you know, even though there are like supply issues that are really affecting uh, Sony, um, 
I, I think it's affecting Microsoft, but like Microsoft is also like happy to have that issue. You know what I mean? Like, oh, wait, there, we, we can't make as many a, as we can. Oh, no. I mean, we, we can't keep them on the shelves quite long enough. Like, I think it just it's just healthy for the industry. And I think it's good, good for uh, Microsoft. They're clearly been consumer first for a long time. So I think uh, this is a good thing to see that they're caring about consumers and making things easy for us is showing up in the sales. And I think after the, not that the Xbox One was a failure, it obviously was not, but like after the, I think, uh, I think Xbox had a clear lead going into the, that generation of consoles with the Xbox 360 just going nuts uh, on the PlayStation 3. I mean, not that the PlayStation 3 didn't have anything, but like I think the Xbox 360 was, from what we looked at, I mean, in, in podcast past, the dominant platform. I think they really fumbled the ball uh, with the Xbox One. And so this shift into what they're doing with the Xbox Series stuff, I think has been really refreshing. Um, so yeah, I, I'm happy to see that 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 they're doing well. Happy for you, Microsoft. And I think too, even the 360 stuff, I think part of that was a false positive because of how bad uh, Sony did at, at promoting the PS3 from the beginning because I'm pretty sure... The launch was really bad, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that by the end of it, PlayStation 3 still sold better um oh did it really yeah so uh just looking at wikipedia here you know the end all be all for accurate information um the uh playstation 3 uh sold over 87 million and the xbox 360 sold over 84 million um, oh no kidding and but again i for the uh, most of that 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 cycle the 360 was the one that was successful and doing better and Got it, got but it. By the end, I think that's when PlayStation 3. Think of all the games that came out that were like showstoppers at the end of the PlayStation 3. Um, and that yeah, probably really like kind of like started to switch that narrative and gave that head start to make the PS4 what the PS4 uh, was. Yep. No, you're right. So uh, apologies about the incorrect information. I know now. Hmm. By the way, fun fact the uh, Nintendo Switch, it's 10 million units behind the PS4. Really? Yeah, so the PS4 sold uh 17.2 million, the Nintendo Switch is at 107.65 million. So, it's almost in total like 5 years less time, yeah, right? Like Yeah, so we're talking about and we're talking about uh another another top contender here in the Nintendo Switch, still one of my favorite consoles of all time. Did it outsell the Wii? Yes. I think it did, yeah, right? It did. It, it, it did. like it recently. Yeah, the Wii sold 101 million. And that thing was like fucking hot yeah yeah um yeah let's talk about rockstar (laughs) (laughs) speaking of speaking of hot uh rockstar has apparently according to this uh report from bloomberg by jason schreier uh cleaned up a lot of its culture and the way that it's approaching its um so its work culture and then the way that it's approaching its future games uh so there's a, there's a lot in here, um, but basically they have tried to restructure a lot of the way that the company works so that that frat boy culture uh, is on the outs. They fired a lot of people, changed, restructured a lot of stuff. Um, they also uh, uh, narrowed I- its gender pay gap, stuff like that, which I mean, all stuff that I think is uh, moving in the right direction. Um 
it was also announced that the that GTA, not announced, but reported here, uh, which is, by the way, in conjunction with what we've been seeing, uh, I think for a while now from leaks and, and whatnot, that GTA 6 is going to feature a, um, I think, Latino woman as the, uh, yeah, Latino woman who's going to be the, one of the leading characters um, in a bank robber Bonnie and Clyde type story. Um, and that the studio is trying to be more um, sensitive of marginalized, <clears throat> excuse me, marginalized groups in its stories and dialogue and stuff like that moving forward, uh, which I think is kind of interesting. Justin, what do you think about all this? Uh, first of all, I'm excited for a new Grand Theft Auto. Um, I, I always think those are a, a new rock star game, like a big rock star release. I think are always fun moments. Um, the uh, GTA five was great. Red Dead Redemption two. Awesome game. Uh, so I'm excited for that. I can only imagine what they're going to do, um, in that game mm -hmm. and beautiful Miami. Uh, they talked a lot too about how it, they're going to start. They're going to start with one city and eventually, Oh yeah. That would suggest expand to multiple, be in multiple cities too. Um, and it seems like they're really thinking about how to expand it with online, probably better than what they did with uh, GTA five, because playing online yeah. could be a little rough with that. But, um, in terms of the actual like cleaning up its workplace culture, great. Um, I think this is the the stuff that we don't hear as much about when a company is taking actions to improve and be better um, towards uh, its uh, em employers employees. Um, so I, I hope that they really made some good changes um, and they actually made changes because they, they thought it was a good idea, not because the PR people told them to. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, like they wanted to do it in the name of like, oh, well, we want to be more equitable and, and, and kinder to our people yeah. as opposed to like, oh, we got to do this because, you know, whoever said we have to. Yeah, and I wonder too, like, I really do wonder if that culture shift is going to be reflective in the actual tone of Grand Theft Auto 6 because, you know, I don't know if that necessarily what played when 5 came out will play well today. Um, or even, like, thinking about going back to, like, Vice City and, like, what Grand Theft Auto 3 was and all of those older uh, Grand Theft Autos. Is, is that going to be, like are the tones that we saw in those games going to translate to 2022? And I don't think so. So it'll be interesting to see the reflection on the gameplay. Um, agreed. Uh, something that I can appreciate though, is like when this came out, first of all, with the fact that like they're trying to be nicer to the people who work for them, including, you know, women and other, you know, mi minority groups of, of racial people, of racial groups and, and whatever else. Um, like that. And then also the fact that um, you've got, you know, a Latina woman as one of the main characters. You've got all these people on Twitter and comments being like, oh, man, Grand Theft Auto went woke on us. Uh, and I love that. Like, it makes me so happy because it's like, did you play the game? <laughs> <laughs> like, I haven't I haven't played them. Uh, I know that they're like they're making fun of that. Uh, sometimes sometimes it's hard when you have like satire that is hard to distinguish from actually like endorsing what is it's satirizing, you know, like. What's the joke is a thing that I think a lot of people brought up with games like cyberpunk and stuff when they were like, no, it's satire. And it's like, well, what's the joke? Like, right. What's <laughs> like, what's the punchline? Cause, cause satire isn't just like doing a bad thing and being like, get it. Cause it's like, no, what are you saying about it? And I think, I think uh, grand theft auto falls into that uh, sometimes, uh, but also it does say things about American greed and, and things like that. Um, 
that said, I do. I know what you mean uh, in terms of like, what does that look like in terms of what the game will be about? You know, and um, I, I would hope uh, they said in this article here, uh, I don't can't see exactly where the quotation is, but talking about um, not punching down on, on groups of people. And I think that's where uh, a lot of that starts to come out in like the dialogue with jokes about people. Um, I think that for the, one of the re-releases of GTA five, I don't know if it was the most recent one or if it was the one when they did the re-release for the Xbox one and uh, PS four, uh, but they took out a bunch of uh, some, some trans jokes against trans people, which I think is uh, awesome or jokes, not jokes against trans people are awesome. Taking that out, I think is the right move. Um, so yeah, I, I will be interested to see how this translates to something um, else and, and hopefully for the better. Yeah, and, and I, I think like even like going back and updating uh, old content, I think it's so important because, you know, trends in pop culture and acceptability change over time and what was okay in 2005 is not okay in 2022. So like actually going back and thinking about those things, I think shows you that Rockstar knows that they don't want to do that kind of stuff again. And they want to be um, current and uh, appropriate with how they, they deal with what in their games can be pretty big political, social commentaries. So, yeah. Cause I, I also think like, I don't know if it, I, I think it's maybe a mis- misunderstanding to say what was okay in 2005. Cause I don't know if it was okay then, like maybe culturally accepted, but I think, you know, like jokes like that in the original GTA five, probably like, the reason that they were taken out today is because they weren't okay then, but they just didn't maybe have the context to understand or, Oh yeah, it's right here. Um, the company removed transphobic jokes from uh, the recent console release. So that was the PS five and, and whatever else. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is all around a good thing and hopefully um, other studios can follow this company's lead uh, in, in being able to clean up this sort of thing. Cause this, this is not the only company that, <laughs> faces these sort of things you know now i do have to um, say rockstar does have resources and money to make this happen um yes which is to make restructures like yeah, this yeah which is important for big companies to do that um not saying that small companies have an excuse for being shitty um no it's of course just not. not as easy as well now we're going to be a better company <laughs> you know like it takes time money and planning for that yes yes so good on them um hopefully yeah hopefully that they this is something that uh works a lot better and people feel better about uh, going to work there then. Um, Justin, this is an interesting news story. We saw a little bit about how PSVR 2 is going to work. Um, and you are going to be able to see through it. Um, so you don't have to take your headphone, your headset off if you want to make sure that you're not about to knee your coffee table <laughs> or walk onto your dog or something like that. To my understanding, that was not a feature in the original PSVR. Is that right? Yeah, it was not a feature in the original PSVR, but uh, headsets since then, I think the Quest, um, probably the Oculus now, these have been standard features in them for a while. So looking around at what other VR sets are doing and doing that, I think is smart for Sony to do. Yeah, I I think this is cool. Uh, There's also, what is this? Uh, you can broadcast yourself while playing. So like you're able to do the, um, Oh, by using that camera, that camera that we all have, the (laughs) PlayStation five camera, Justin, um, you're able to broadcast yourself by just hooking that right up and, and doing that, which I guess is kind of fun. 
But um, yeah, I don't know. This is interesting. I am excited to see PSVR two when it comes out. Yeah, I think. But, I think for me, when when this uh this story came out, it was a blog post thing. Uh, I was kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Wait a second. We at one point were talking about the PSVR two coming out in twenty twenty two, which we were doing that. Weren't we? uh, yeah, that's not that's not happening. And I think uh, with that last direct that was focused on VR games um, that they did, they seemed to hint that in when things would be released for PSVR two, uh, it wasn't going to be this year. But I think this now even more so cements in my mind. Like, all right. They haven't really been talking about it. They're just talking about features still. This will be later down the road. Yep. Uh, no, 100%. Do you think... I feel like this would have been more well-suited in that Direct that we saw. Or you, is it a Direct? State of Play? Whatever yeah, it was. Whatever, a presentation. Yeah, not, not a PlayStation Direct. Oops. Yeah, the... the the It was, it was a PlayStation... Um, was it a State, State of, of play? play? That was going to specifically focus on VR games. It was like a few vr games and that was it but yeah and then was that also the one with final fantasy 16 uh maybe i don't know i don't remember it doesn't matter but it was just for my brain <laughs> um yeah no uh i i would have loved to see this so that it wasn't just like uh, oh yeah this yeah happened. yeah you know like just like i don't know see it when i'm like thinking about mm-hmm. vr and then seeing the games and being like able to put those two together and be like oh yeah we'll be able to do this and this um but I guess better late than never, I suppose. Uh, we'll see more of this. I think, was this the first time we've seen the actual headset? No, no, no. I think they released uh, images of that before. Oh. The most disappointing thing about this is the little cord that's hanging off the back. <laughs> that they need to have in every single image so that no one gets it confused. That, like, nope, this will, there will be a plug for this. Uh, this I is going to go into your thing. And, and, the way, and the way it looks, too on like the PR image, like it's so prominent. <laughs> like you can't not see it when you're looking at that image. I think it's just so that it's like, Hey, do not get it twisted. This is going to have a cable on it. You know, do we know if it plugs into the USB port in the front? Uh, you would hope it better, right? You would hope, or they'd have some kind of like work around for it. I'm hoping so, man. <laughs> I'm hoping so. <laughs> Last news story here, uh, and then we'll talk about some games we've been playing. Um, so we've gotten a little bit more information on um, some of the this upcoming Tomb Raider game that's that's coming out, uh, that's in development, sorry, um, that we saw. What was that? It was like an Unreal 5 showcase? Unreal Engine 5? Was that so. what it was? Yeah, something like that. Uh, I don't think I actually watched whatever that trailer was. Um, oh, it was just a teaser, maybe? Um, well... It will be uh, taking a look at a more um, authentic portrayal of one Laura Croft as she is teaching um, a like a new generation of Tomb Raiders, which I think is uh, like, is that what we want? (laughs) You know, like I don't like to me in the same way that like. In the same way that, like, Indiana Jones and Uncharted doesn't, like, necessarily age super well when thinking about um, the cultural implications of, like, I'm going to go to, I'm me, 
a white guy going to go to this foreign country and go take some ancient artifacts and put them in my house <laughs> or in a museum or whatever. You know what I mean? Like back in the United States or back in England or whatever. Like, I don't think that necessarily ages super well. Uh, and it's just one of those things that like, you just have to accept about these, these types of stories. Um, but is like, teaching a bunch of people to do this like what <laughs> is going to like go down super well like narratively i think what it, do you know what i mean i think what it does do is it pulls in that trope of having the uh grizzled veteran coming in and learning something from the young whippersnappers yeah, yeah. um and i think you know going back to the tomb raider remake that they made in what 20 when when did that like remake happen 2013 2013 was, I think, the first game like i think like that game was like different because it was portraying her as being a human in this situation yes minus the fact that you know once she kills that first person has an emotional moment then she is just like murking people left and right <laughs> she's like you know? what if i killed more people <laughs> <laughs> you get over that trauma real quick apparently but like i think that did a good job about humanizing her and i think that's probably one of the reasons that game stuck out so well to people um because you, it was more of a character study on her. And the gameplay was fun. Don't get me wrong. So if they do something like that, when they introduce a new cast of characters, they use Laura Croft as being the person that you do or do not control. Um, but like being the person that we can like connect with and like feel an attachment to. Um, I think that could be interesting. I just don't know if I need more Tomb Raider yeah did you play the last one i bought it it was on sale once for like 20 bucks i bought it and that's as far as i got i think i downloaded it and then later deleted it so i really liked the remake or the reboot yeah uh and then i really liked um what was that called was that rise of the tomb raider it rise or shadow right one of those two i think is rise <sighs> which is weird because the first one feels like it would have been rise of the tomb raider right <laughs> like do you know what i'm saying yeah. like Right, Shadow of the Tomb Raider was, must have been the last one, right? Pro or was it a trilogy origin story where it's like, finally, I'm the Tomb Raider? Rise of the Tomb Raider came out in 2015. Shadow. Okay, yeah, so that is going to be... Uh -oh. Rise is going to be the second one. I think Shadow is the third one. Shadow of Mordor came out in... I say 2018. 2014 for Shadow of Mordor. Oh, good. I'm glad you clarified that for me. That's what we were looking for. Justin, I can only Fact check. I can only find the the definitive edition. Uh, well, when did that come out? It, 2018. So yeah, 2018. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. I like the second one, and then the third one I started, and I was like, "This is ridiculous." She starts like a the end of the world event. Um, I I hopped off real quick. It was like, "This is just way too much." It's like um, if they're making if they're like copying Uncharted, what is like a big criticism of many Uncharted games? It's when it goes in the supernatural stuff at the end of the game. Yeah. It's always like, oh, this is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> like, like oh, I was on board and then I'm to not the point anymore. when Uncharted literally makes fun of that point in one of their games by making you think it was it. But then you're just on drugs. So like the. That was, uh, I think, was it two or three? Which one was that? I think two or three. I, I believe you. Yeah, I believe it, you. it was like a drug thing that you were on. But, like, it, it's still, like, why would they, why do they double down on that stuff? Are you asking me? Yeah, I, I need to know. I mean, you should, like, it, was, it was bad. Yeah, it was I know, like, I know. oh, no. So it's, it's why I like the fourth one the most, because it was, like, a story that was, like, didn't 
turn into that. Oh, I, yeah. I, I thought you were talking about the fourth Tomb Raider. I was like, wait, they have a fourth one? I didn't even hear about that one. Oh no, the, I guess this is the fourth yeah, one, right? Around, probably. They're, yeah, but no, you're right though, right? Because that first, the first Tomb Raider uh, and the second one were like the grounded, not necessarily like super grounded, but like you know, adventure games where you, adventure adventure shooter games where you're running around yeah. and and whatever. Whereas that third one was like. Oh, this is a lot. <laughs> this yeah. is like this is a lot uh, for for them to jump the shark a little bit. Um, so yeah, like I don't know if I'll I don't know if I'll mind this. Uh, I liked those other ones, so like I would play this. Um, should it come out sometime soon? Um, but yeah, well, I guess we'll see, right? I mean, it depends how it looks. I, I, I this wouldn't be a game that I would think day one I'd need to play. But I mean, the yeah. trailer comes out if it gets a, a, some good word of mouth, if it looks like it's something new and interesting and not just redoing a Tomb Raider formula again, which I feel like mm-hmm. the third one seemed to have done. <laughs> yeah, no, 100 um, percent. Other Tomb Raider news. This is like adjacent uh, the Tomb Raider movies that they are doing, like this, the reboot movies that they're doing. Because <laughs> they also there were, you know, the ones with Angelina Jolie, uh, the one with uh, Alicia Vikander. Um, the rights for that are up for grabs. Uh, MGM did not greenlight a sequel, Took and then got him, bought him, right oh, now. You got him? Yeah, I just bought him right now. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're in. Who who are we casting as Laura Croft? Because Alicia Vikander is out. Oh, uh, we should probably cast like Tom Cruise. He'd do okay. all of his own stunts. We'd save money in he the would. long run. Can I can I throw something out there? Yeah. Florence Pugh. Oh yeah, she's pretty. She's pretty popular right nowadays. Yeah, just give her, you know, give her a, a brunette wig or, I mean, popular women actors. Does she? Does she have, like, what's her country of origin? Florence Pugh. Yeah. Uh, she seems like an American to me. Okay, because but... I'm just saying, like, is it? Are we looking for a British actress? Uh, not necessarily, although um, Florence Pugh is from Oxford, United Kingdom. Oi, matey. Hi, g'day. <laughs> we sound like Xenoblade characters now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, I, I tweeted this, too, but it's like the fucking Donald Duck from <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3. This will be a good part to find some ingredients, but it's like, oi, that's a good idea, to end it? <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck are you saying? Um. Yeah, I'm. Uh, but my, sorry, but, uh, my. Uh, I'm just gonna throw Florence Pugh's hat in the ring. What about Angelina Jolie? I feel like she'd be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, she's not been doing much lately. She could probably do it. I think she could play it pretty well. Probably. What is? She, what has she been up to? Uh. Well, the, the uh, Eternals happened, and she is. Oh, she was in that. Wasn't still, she? Still. Still. In costume she did that. acting. Was she? I forgot she did that. Um, yeah, she, she played. Three. She played Wonder Woman in that movie. Oh yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Uh, she was. Come on, man. Kung Fu Panda three. Justin. Easy. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I guess must, Florence must Pugh's watch. My only. Must watch. Kung Fu Panda one, yeah. pretty good. Two. Yeah, I remember liking it as a kid. Two, I remember it looked it looked cool. Cool art. I can't say that I caught it. Can't say that I caught it. Just let's talk about the games we've been playing before we go. Um, I've been playing a lot of games. I actually I cleaned up a lot of games Ooh, in anticipation of okay. Um, 
in anticipation of Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, so I finished Stray, got the Platinum. Uh, like, basically the day after we did our recording of, of that thing. Um, what was your speed run good... time? Like, hour 15, new world, world record over here? No, no, I, I fumbled a lot. I got caught by the, the Sentinel Guards a few times. I, I got killed a few times with the Sentinel Guards and, and whatever else. Um, yeah, it was a fun game. I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I also finished Neon White. Justin? Yeah. It's probably the best money I spent on a video game all year. Oh, wow. That's that's a lot. I like like after completing it and like I got to take take my time with it a little bit more because like I was forced to because <laughs> I just didn't have all the time I wanted to play it like and I didn't have to like cover it for work or anything like it was just like a really, really enjoyable experience. That's great. Um, Yeah. Uh, and, and it's got a great third act. Uh, the levels are all great. I got um, like the platinum rank for every single level. Uh, it's good. Can I tell you the reason I haven't played it yet? Tell me the reason you haven't played it yet. It's kind of your fault. What? Yeah, you told me don't play it on the Switch. You don't play it on the Switch. I know. That's why. <laughs> I mean, I guess like if, if you're not going to play it at all, play it on the Switch. But like... I mean, I get it. I have... I If I wanted to, if I want, I can play it on my computer. I have a nice computer. Recently cleaned my desk. Yeah, look at that. Play it right here. Beautiful Uh, desk. But I I just don't know if I will. (laughs) Because how long did you put into it? About 20 hours. I I can't sit at my computer for 20 hours. But are you the type of person who needs to get that, like, S rank on every level? Mm hmm. Okay, well, then, yes. That would be about 20 hours. Yeah. Um, Well, then play it on Switch, man. Maybe. Then play it on Switch. But how am I going to get S rank? On a Switch with those joysticks? I'm curious if there are differences between the games. Um, if I had the funds, I would check. Um, or if, like, if the the time... that Because like, basically, like, your rank is determined by, like, how fast you do everything. I'm curious if the if it is just a slower, uh, slower time for the Switch version. I mean, that would be cool, but I don't know. Maybe. And, and yeah. by the way, at a certain point, it's not even the, the time of the, the game. It's the time of your friends. What? Don't they have like? Do don't they have like like leaderboards and stuff like that? You yeah, you to- can compare yourself to like your friends and like global people and whatever. But like, I I just don't care about that because I like. But like, what if it starts? Get, like, you get all these pop ups being like uh, Justin has started to take all your scores down one by one. Just I would one say at a time. I would say I'm happy that you're playing it. I would say I'm I'm say like Justin, this is one of the best games of the year. Uh, I think you should play this. <laughs> but then I every single one Kaboom. of your scores, there's my name above it. What would happen? I mean, like I go and I like I would protect my honor, right? Justin. I'm saying, and I tweet like, about it every time, every 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 time I do it, I'll just another tweet. Then, then we would have a little competition. Yeah. Uh, there's a time attack mode once you beat the game, where you play all hundred levels. <laughs> oh. Uh, and yeah, there's a trophy you get for, or an achieve steam achievement you get uh, if you do it uh, all in one life. And okay, let me tell you, uh, they're I'm not gonna do never that. gonna get that platinum when it comes to to Sony, to PlayStation. Never. It's like it. No, it, you look at that and you're like, oh, that's a bad. Yeah. List. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I finished. I finished Neon White. Finished Stray, and I finished Escape Academy. Oh, okay. Did that game end up being uh like you were you were you were fine with it, right? It is a perfectly fun little uh indie game. Uh, where if you like escape rooms, you will get a kick out of this. Uh, I certainly did, but it, it's not like something that like I'm really gonna think about for a long time. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it, it was it was perfectly pleasant, perfectly enjoyable. Uh, but like, there, there's like a little story that goes along with it. But um, there's a lot of like little in jokes that if you play a lot of escape rooms, you'll like catch on to. Um, that I think are kind of funny as someone who loves escape rooms. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, like for example, uh, some of the uh, depending on what teacher is teaching the course, like the escape room, like field work that you're doing, uh, some of the locks will be like if they're like a combination lock. Um, they'll just be one to the right That's <laughs> of pretty what funny. they're set to. Yeah. So that it's like um, they just didn't want to <laughs> <laughs> like do the work to like randomize it all. And they just went, you know. You know nothing um, can quite ruin an escape room like a bad host. Agreed. Like who are just agreed. too like awkward and just too like in your face. Or the opposite, when they're just not there. Well, so uh, an escape room I did once, uh, the, the guy was like, I got to go put a costume on. Like, like he, was, he seemed kind of embarrassed about it. And like me and Elena were like, we are in. Like, we love what you're doing here. Please do not be embarrassed. Like, we are rooting for you. Like, and, and he felt like we didn't say it like that because like obviously we weren't trying to be like, you seem really embarrassed right now. Um, but we were trying to be like, yeah, yeah just when he came gassing out, him like, up, gassing him up. I like that. Yes, I like that. exactly. We try to like gas him up so that he didn't feel weird about it. That like, you know what I mean? Um. Cause like, it's the sort of thing where like, I don't know if I'm like working at an escape room, I don't know what level of like into it the people are about to be, you know, if, if they're like just doing it cause they were like, Oh, this is here. Or if they're like, like pros, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, finished that. It was a good time. Well, that's, that is fantastic. Uh, I, hey, I haven't been playing anything. I haven't played super much. Um, I, uh, was saving my, my video game playing for the week for the marathon sessions of Xenoblade. I did three, but I did yeah. before, uh, Xenoblade three came out to get myself pumped and excited. I went back to Xenoblade Chronicles two, uh, yeah. to, uh, just kind of like get back into that. And a couple of, a couple of things about that. You're making fun of the accents in this game. They are significantly worse in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 because they are, like, all over the place with the dialects. You got, like, some Scottish twing, uh, like, Scottish accents, some just, like, not some. Like, they're all over the place with the accents. It is just Is there a reason why they're, like, English? Or is it just, like, it's that's just Star the Star Wars logic, you know? <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I didn't know, yeah. like, I, I didn't know yeah. if there was, like, a reason for it. No, or I, I, I would assume it's Star Wars logic with that. Um, um, yeah, okay. And then the other thing is the character models are, like, all over the place. Like, it looks like you can have, hmm. like, four characters that all look like they're from a different video game in the same scene talking to each other. Like, in the very beginning, there's this, like, cut scene uh, in which this, like, uh, sergeant is, like, barking orders at you. He looks like a sad fish. Like, that, the, the blankest face I have ever seen in my life just, like, looking at you. Um, so, like, very inconsistent with that. And the game itself is also kind of ugly, and I and I was aware of this when I played it. It like looks like everything just has like a fuzzy film over it because the game is just a oh, little. Oh, you mean Xenoblade Chronicles Three? If you think Three is bad, it is bad, my friend. Two... Okay, I. It it is bad because it's on the Switch, and the Switch is is like was outdated when it came out. Like it's it's not the game's fault, but it is bad. It's not it's not Pokemon Legends Arceus bad. That game looked like not done. This looks like they were just like, well, this is what we got. Go back and play two because two shows you how far they've come. It it, it is rougher. Um, I do have to say, going back to three, one of the cool things they do about that 
is they do a really good job of making your open worlds like show depth in a cool way. Um, mm. Like, uh, I believe it's the place you're in now. Eventually, there's going to be another thing in there, a giant thing that's going to show up. And like you can see that giant thing when you're all the way on the other side of the map. And the like levels themselves are much more like big, I think, than the other uh, ones are that show like pretty far like draw distances, which, you know, it's on the switch. So like <laughs> don't be expecting like yeah. perfect stuff. But they do some cool things with it that that make that make it look good enough and run sure. pretty well. Um, some of they do have some of those like in three some of like the wings like looking like you're stuttering a little bit in the distance of some of the people um, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is pretty uh normal for for switch but anyways you play chronicles 2 good game that game takes some time to start uh as well but it's just basically because it's a large cutscene at the beginning like mm. you fight two crabs in the first hour and that's it Okay. Uh, like okay. that's the only fighting. The rest is just kind of cutscene. But there's also some yeah. open world stuff. There's also some other stuff. Um, but like they do drip feed mechanics in that game. But it, you're just doing more stuff leading up to it. Yeah. You're going to more places, seeing more things. So it it starts off, I think, a little bit better. But that game is also um, they just have some like close ups on girls that are just very uncomfy. Uh, to I was gonna say we laughed at the idea of like deep cleavage in the ESRB rating for this one. Not encountered that yet. No, which, it, I mean it, feel- it, it seems a lot more respectful. At least I don't know. Uh, wait till we meet Ethel, but like, okay. uh, <laughs> it is better. Okay. It is it is better um, in three than it is in two. Uh, it, there's also a bath scene in two that is very uncomfy. Um, hey. Yeah, so just. Uh, I was surprised that like the first scene in Xenoblade Chronicles three is after they get done with the war, they're like, all right, time to go take showers. And then they're all in like a bathhouse together. And I was like, oh gosh, please don't do this. <laughs> like, like, like right now, Xenoblade Chronicles three at the like the first 15 minutes it was perfectly <laughs> innocuous. Just like regular, like nothing. Yeah, I, yeah. I was just hoping they didn't like forget uh, to put a, a, a shower cloud around one of the NPCs in the back. Like, yeah, you know, it just wasn't yeah. like totally bugged. Yeah. But yeah, Xenoblade uh, yeah, Chronicles 2, uh, it's still a good game. Um, I think there will be some barriers, just the way it looks going back to play it. But it's still, if you like 3, um, it's definitely worth going back to play. Okay, interesting. Uh, I'll have to let you know. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. We will be, be back with you next week to talk about things like the Pokemon Direct that's uh, going live on the day that this episode goes live. Uh, Hitbox Day. That's August 3rd. You like the show? You want to support us even more than you already have by listening through this entire episode? Well, if you go to patreon.com slash hitboxbod, you will find two tiers of subscription support that you can give to us uh, by pledging $1 a month. Your name will go in the episode description. Uh, by pledging $3 a month, your name goes in the episode description. I'll read it off here just like J.K. Knoll and uh, Dave Parker did. And in addition to that, you get an additional, I don't know, 25 to 30 minute bonus episode every week sometimes it's more than that last week we did a whole uh two-hour discussion of stray while justin was playing through the uh i am speed trophy to get the platinum on that game um who knows what we're doing today i don't we've got like a list of like four things we could do we'll do them all i don't uh, justin said we'll do them all probably not but like one of them um 
yeah, so if, if you're interested in that, supporting us there, that would be awesome. If not, why don't you just go ahead and follow us on Twitter, uh, at HitboxPod. Join our Discord server, as mentioned before. The link to that is in the description of this episode. Uh, and give us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. Five stars would be great, uh, but I'm not your dad. Do whatever you want. Justin, am I forgetting anything here? Oh, yeah, you should all buy Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Go ahead. Well, yeah. Hey, if you have any thoughts on it, I want to hear about it either on Twitter again at HitboxPod or in our Discord server uh, in the episode discussion uh, channel. Whether it's about Xenoblade Chronicles 3, whether it's about, I don't know, multiverses, we talked about that, Star Wars, Nice of the Old Republic remake delay, uh, Rockstar cleaning up its act for GTA 6, uh, anything, we want to hear about it. Again, you can do that on Twitter at HitboxPod, tweet at us, send us a DM, or, uh, or bring it up in the Hitbox discord channel we would love to hear about it there i think that's our show so hey until next week always remember old games are old bye bye I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>